Tom Bernard Show with JB, Melissa Kirk, Andy Brant Bernard, Cassie Schrader. Now we're talking the full boat. A lot of news and information coming up. Got a great guest coming up in about half an hour. Looking forward to Kristen Lawless. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, One of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business. It started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Ooh, Alex's favorite song. I love this song. Melissa, Alex, in first grade, all the kids were supposed to bring uh, one of their favorite songs to school. And a lot of kids brought in the wheels on the bus go round and round or things like that. Alex brought this song <laughs> in first grade. You're like, what the hell kind of horrible life do you <laughs> But, you know. I am the walrus. Did you guys know about Joe Jackson? No. Uh, which one the, of the, uh, Jackson the Jackson? Five. Okay. <laughs> Joe Jackson, father of Michael, Janet, and the performing family, an architect of the Jackson Fives in the final stages of terminal cancer. Ooh. I had no idea he even had cancer. <laughs> I thought you I were going to say he's part of the Me Too movement or something. <laughs> like he did something. Joe Jackson, probably not. Nah, Joe just beat his kids. <laughs> and beat his kids into a- <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, though. I think he, I mean, he cheated on Catherine yeah. many times. Joe did? Oh, yeah. Hard to believe. <laughs> I'd see, I'd still see Bill Burr. Talking about God Joe. <laughs> Talking about Joe. Get in the basement and jam, you little <laughs> <laughs> Learn to moonwalk, <laughs> goddammit. Uh, a source close to the situation confirmed to Variety. TMZ and Britain's Daily Mail first reported the news. Family members, including his wife, Catherine, are said to have visited him in the hospital this week. Jackson, 89, has suffered from a variety of ailments in recent years, including dementia, strokes, and at least one heart attack. He was injured in a car accident a year ago. Mm. How the hell did that happen? The famously headstrong Jackson. <laughs> JB, he's headstrong. Oh, yeah. Father. I, I guess that's, I'll start calling Percy. He was headstrong. <laughs> he was headstrong. That's exactly right. And it really hurt when his fist got it right than being headstrong. <laughs> I drove his performing family hard and at times subjected them to physical and mental abuse. The original Jackson 5 included sons Jackie, Tito, Jermaine, Marlon, and Michael. Although younger sibling Randy also performed with the group and daughters Latoya, Rebby, and most famously Janet also released albums. Over the decades, Joe has had contentious relationships with many family members, including Michael. 
Yeah, especially Michael. How about that? How about that action? Well, he didn't. He didn't allow him to beat kids. No, he did not. No, you're absolutely right. How old was Michael when the Jackson Five broke with? Was it? What is it? Never can say goodbye. No, that's no. It wasn't. Wasn't it ABC? Uh, let's One of those see. songs. ABC. Love, I want you back. I love bet you, you save. I want you back. Yeah, I think I want you back was their first. Let's see. That was 1969. Really. And Michael Jackson was born. So he was 11. He was 11. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to act like he was about 20. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, it's really I'll never sad. forget mid 70s. The Osmonds and the Jacksons both had Saturday morning cartoons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they both did this, the, the, the animators made them both do the same dance steps. Which was kick their leg and spin. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. There was a lot of kicking legs and spinning going on. That's true. Oh, the Harlem Globe, Globetrotters had their own cartoon. Mm. Oh, yeah. Everyone oh, yeah. had a cartoon. Oh, I yeah. remember. It was wonderful. That's when Saturday mornings, you, as a kid, you look forward to. This, yeah, that was the thing you that did. Was, right. And then in late August, they would have the preview show telling you what the new cartoons were. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, this is not good news for a man who thought he was going to be a billionaire. The 2018 NBA draft came and went without Leangelo Ball getting picked by any team, let alone Lonzo Ball's Los Angeles Lakers. For LeVar Ball, Jello going uh, undrafted doesn't change his second son's pro basketball tra- trajectory since the subsequent step is the same. What's next for him is to play in the Summer League. The big baller brand CEO said at the Junior Basketball Association's opening night on Thursday, whether you're drafted or not, you got to produce in the Summer League. Is this the idiot who ruined his son's career? Mm-hmm. That's the one. Well, he really <clears throat> destroyed, and this is the middle one, Yeah, really destroyed his career by not letting him, Yeah. by not leaving him alone, and then... That was the one who went overseas and got arrested. For, Wasn't it like Slovenia or something like that? Well, yeah, but I'm talking about when, because he was at UCLA, remember? Yes, he was, yep. And he, um, him and a couple of teammates got caught stealing. Yeah, yeah, that. in China. Right. Oh, yeah, why would you steal something in China? Are you insane? <laughs> I mean, the they, probably, they probably had enough. Whatever they were stealing, I will tell you, because athletes get... <clears throat> Per diem when they go on trips like that, he probably had enough money in his pocket to afford whatever they were stealing three times over. Yeah, people like that, they steal for the thrill. Like when What's-Her-Name did it. Winona Ryder, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She didn't need to steal, obviously, but she did it anyway. So he, yeah, I mean, he basically really, and the oldest one is i think supposed to be the best player the last of the three is supposed to be the second best the, right. the middle one it actually isn't actually was not from what you hear was not as talented as a ball player as, as the other two well, it does happen there's no yep. doubt about that yeah, have you heard about this new tv show the proposal it's brand new Oh, God. It's another one of those bachelor bachelor oh, it's yeah. the proposal now well done yeah. no <clears throat> um ABC is pulling episode two of its new reality series, The Proposal, from the schedule after a woman accused a contestant on the upcoming installment of being involved in a sexual assault. In a public Facebook post on Thursday, Wisconsin resident Erica Danae Meschke detailed how Michael J. Friday, a contestant on The Proposal's second episode, facilitated a sexual assault that took place when he and Meschke met for a Tinder date last November. Yeah, that's not a great idea there sir let's not be doing but why would you have people in your show be on tinder yeah i agree uh, yeah. isn't <laughs> tinder pretty much a, a I, the salami site? yeah pretty mm-hmm. much uh one of the men picked <laughs> up site what <laughs> <laughs> it pretty much is but i mean people have somehow yes. Some found people relationships tried. on there yeah. too <laughs> But it's mostly it for it's mostly for but. STD sharing. Oh, that's good to know. That's really good to know. 
One of the men pictured here was directly responsible for my date rape. Meshke uh, captioned a group photo of the proposal contestants, later identifying Friday individually in the comments section. After keeping this buried for nearly eight months and seeing this man continue to succeed and not be held accountable for his actions, I've had enough. I've lost sleep, relationships, self-esteem, trust, and countless other things because of that night, and I'm done keeping it quiet. So uh, the proposal will probably be canceled before long because well, this I, is going to give people the idea that these kind of dirt bags were picked. Well, and I've, I've been trying to figure out why the Bachelor and ba- Bachelorette keeps going. And I know it's, it costs nothing to produce, and I understand that. But yeah. you guys still got to have people to watch. And I figured out the only reason why they watch is so they can bet on they have pools. And, yeah, they do. Yeah, and betting pools and what? Pools right. That's people who like drama. Right. That's really what it's for. It's like, why do you watch that crap? I mean, you can pay attention to one of your relatives if you want to see drama. You know, if you don't have enough of it in your own life. Yeah, I have a lot of friends at work that just they like trash reality TV. <laughs> yeah, a lot and of people. They do. don't know why. Even they just they even say, I don't know why I like it, but. Just fun to watch. I'm like, I don't have I that. Don't get it. It I must, don't either. It must be. I don't get it. <laughs> it must be that same group of people who, who used to like Springer, but it's on steroids. Yeah, I suppose that's true. He's finally wrapping it up after yeah, this. Yeah, I saw that. Finally wrapping it up. Anthony Bourdain did not have narcotics in his body when he died this month, a French judicial official said. Mr. Bourdain, a New York chef, an author, and television correspondent whose death shook fans around the world was found dead on June 8th in a hotel room in Kyersburg, a small village in the Alsace region of France. Um, police at the time ruled his death a suicide by hanging. From an investigative standpoint, the only question left was whether he had any substances in his body. There were none, save for the trace of non-narcotic medicine. In a therapeutic dose, Christian Durakinia. Durakinia. What do you think of that? Hi, <laughs> right, Casey. Casey Jones. Uh, The local prosecutor in uh, charge of the investigation and in a text message to the New York Times, Mr. Bourdain, only 61 years old, had been in the village filming a CNN show Parts Unknown with Eric Rippert, the chef of La La Bernardine in New York. Mr. Bourdain had skipped dinner the evening before his body was discovered when he did not arrive for breakfast with Mr. Rippert or Repair. It could be a repair, I suppose. <laughs> repair. The next morning, a receptionist went to his room and found him hanging dead. That had to be a pleasant sight walking in on somebody mm-hmm. hanging there. Great. Perfect. Made my day now. I feel much better that I saw you hanging. It is really sad, and I don't know. We had Anthony Bourdain on the morning show several times. He was a very nice guy. He just had drug problems. I mean, he didn't have any drugs in his system here. Let's be very clear about that. But he had been through alcohol problems and drug problems and uh, all kinds of, he had all kinds of issues. Just that's, sad. Just, that sounds like another person who couldn't handle success. Well, that's a possibility. That is a possibility. There's no getting around that. So I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just the whole thing is very, very sad. Has Tom Arnold lost his mind? Yes. <laughs> he really has, hasn't he? And I'm not defending anyone here. So it so means him and Roseanne were actually meant to be together. Yeah, well, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, because she's gone completely insane. Yeah, she has. And now she's, like, talking about... She's, like, going... Accusing everyone of being anti-Semitic. Oh, yeah, yep. To, like, deflect from her that's tweet. Correct. But it's... Yeah, I don't know. See, what she should have done has been more prudent. If she should have said that Tom Bernard looks like a monkey, that's true. Because <laughs> I have a 30-inch inseam and 37-inch arms. I am built like an ape. It's I understand that. I have no problem with it. You can't get over this shrinking. No. I hate it. <laughs> no, you cannot. You, you knew at some point that was going to happen. I mean, I my, lost a half an inch. My bone density sucks, apparently. <laughs> Damn it. It's it's almost all about the discs in your spine. Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Get some injected in there. Really, and I could be like six five. <laughs> and, well. Six nine with an afro. Good God! A friend of mine told me yesterday. I had, a, I had this very good friend, recently retired. Uh, he's a big guy. He's about six six, right? Mm-hmm. His son is in uh, eighth grade, going into ninth grade. 
His son is seven feet tall in eighth grade. <laughs> like, holy God. He'd better start seeing an oncologist like now. You think so? People that tall, they get cancer very young. Do they really? Oh, yeah. Well, I hope not. That's terrible. It's true, though. Eighth grade. When I was in eighth grade, I was 5'11", and I was really one of the tallest eighth graders around, except for one guy named Jim, uh, Jim Brown, who was 6'2 in eighth grade. Uh, and uh, Yeah, so to be seven feet tall, to be a full one foot and one inch taller than I was, like God. For every four inches of extra height, you have another 10% chance of de- developing cancer. Over what base, base height? Um... Zero like inches. Five, nine, something like that. It just for says men. for every extra four inches of height. Well, how, well yeah, but they have to have a base. Yeah, especially if it's extra. Yeah, because it's extra. <laughs> you know, there, there has to be a base. But, yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's just every four inches of height is how many more billions of cells. Yeah, Each sure one with true. a tiny chance of, yeah, so, I mean. It's just a lot more cells, is that's it. It's a lot more cells, that's absolutely mm-hmm. true. President Donald Trump's embattled personal attorney Michael Cohen retweeted a photo of himself with comedian Tom Arnold, who happens to be working on a show with Vice that features him hunting for unflattering video of Trump. Arnold told NBC News early Friday that Cohen, who is under investigation by federal prosecutors, talked to him for the show, which is expected to air later this year. We've been on the other side of the table, and now we're on the same side, said Arnold, an outspoken Trump critic. It's on. I hope he, Trump, sees the picture of me and Michael Cohen, and it haunts his dreams. You're Tom Arnold. He didn't give a rat's ass what you do. I mean, these people that think they're so damn important. It's, come on. If- the funniest thing I saw this week was uh, part of Trump's ca- uh, cabinet went into a Mexican restaurant and got booed out of the restaurant. It's like, come on, know your audience. Before you, with all the stuff that's going on with immigration and you work for him, the last place you think you want to go is a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, I would have to agree that the Spanish people aren't exactly happy with your uh, separating families at the border. How about that guy that uh, Brian Kilmeade, on, apparently on Fox Morning Show, he said, nah, let's face it, these aren't our kids. He said, it's not like you're separating families from Idaho or Texas. They're from another country. They're little kids, you hmm. dope. Yeah. How about Peter Fonda? Oh, I know. What an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, how could, how he thought that saying, I hope that your wife and your son Barron are separated and see how it. No, he said that we should rip Barron Trump from his mother's arms and put him in a cage with pedophiles. That's what he said, yeah. How insane are you? (laughs) Well, he's so insane that he hasn't worked in a long time and he's trying to get another job. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. He's just trying to get hired. That's it. Look, I'm not de- defending anybody. I wouldn't defend Donald Trump, but I wouldn't defend Barack Obama either. I didn't care for either one of them. And they couldn't be farther apart, so I guess it's not my politics. It might be theirs. <laughs> I like centrist people. People who go, I, yeah, I kind of like some Republicans. I kind of like some Democrats. I like libertarians. But you people on the fringes, why don't you shut up for a minute? That's well, Trump basically that. is a centrist. Yeah, he's just, say, he's just he annoying. Just, he's, so, he's he's bombastic. Yeah, which is the problem. That's but true. most most of his policies swing back and forth. Mm-hmm. No, there's no doubt about it. There's no question. So he's really not that far right. He's just no, really he's loud. Well, he's been a Democrat his whole life. Before he ran for president, he was a Democrat in New York his whole life. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My pillow is offering more than 50% off his four pack special, which includes two premium my pillows and two go anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first my pillow. If you already know how great the my pillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. 
Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want a flow dock. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you could install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flo's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. Call or visit Flo's newest dealer in Chanhassen. Lakeshore Equipment, 952-474-DOC, or lakeshoreequipment.com, of course. Flow Docks and Lifts, a better way. She's in a beetle mood today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I wore my Beatles shirt yesterday. But yes, I did. I'm wearing ACDC today. ACDC, another great band. Yes. What do you what do you know? Do you remember little Hercules? Do you remember him? There's a 15-year-old boy, and this is really a bad idea. Oh, that's that one, like, little... Wasn't he, like, five or six years old, and he was, like, already a bodybuilder? Yep. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Really bad for you. Mm-hmm. He was the, the world's strongest, based-on-size human being when he was 15. What, does heart fail? Uh, there's, no, they, they're trying to... Oh, it's a slideshow, which means I'll have to watch a bunch of commercials. Of course. <laughs> <clears throat> Humble beginnings. Oh, he's a little baby... In a bassinet. Very cute. All right, I'm going to get to him today because apparently uh, the picture of him as a grown up is rather interesting. That's what they're saying anyway that is uh, starting young. So here's that part of it. We can read without even putting much thought into uh, it at the time. Pavel started giving his little toddler, uh, toddler Richard, light weights to hold. He also taught him some basic stretching martial arts techniques in home gym. What does that tell you? And he also gave him steroids. <laughs> that dad has a small penis. That's what that tells you. Dad has a real problem that he doesn't feel he's manly enough. Yeah. So he's got to live vicariously. And, yeah, yes. through his child, like a dance mom. Yep. Oh man, <laughs> dance Your, moms can get pretty crazy. Your mother was a dance mom. Mm-hmm. Oh. And she'll agree. Oh well. I remember one time a guy walked up to me and had one of those deals out in Monticello. It was at the high school in Monticello. He walks up and he goes, so Tom, what do you think of these dance performances? I said, ah, it's great. I absolutely love watching my daughter dance, but on the other side, I hate watching your daughter dance. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be honest with him. I was like, God, you would go to these things 12 hours yeah. long, and your daughter would dance like every three hours. But you had to sit there for sit three there. hours. Like, oh, Come on. Joe Souchere used to talk about he would go, his daughters did that. Yeah. And he would pay somebody there. To tell him when his daughter's. Daughter was, yeah. <laughs> Give me us. a call. <laughs> See, so I think it's very he goes, smart. I'm at this bar. Call me when it's coming close and I'll come back. And then come back and watch my daughter dance. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> you know, Andy was in dance when he was a little boy. I was like six, yeah. You were six years old. You were a good dancer, though. You're an excellent dancer. For a, for a six-year-old? Excellent dancer for a six-year-old. So they're going through this whole thing, and the kids get lifting heavier and heavier weights. He's now five years old. Then they show him at 15 years old. The joints are probably shot by now. I wouldn't doubt that at all. Okay, we're almost to the page where he all of a sudden is a grown-up. <laughs> that picture of him as a 15-year-old all muscled up, it looks so freakish. Yeah. It looks terrible. Yeah. Dad, what are you doing? So is, he like, is he weighing like 500 pounds now? I don't know. It's going to be interesting because <laughs> I haven't gotten to his picture yet. Uh, look at the, the size That's of muscles gross. on that kid. He has That's... massive muscles. That's... Doesn't it look like they put a head on another yes, body? Yes, that's what it looks like. It does not look real <laughs> no, at all. But it was. Strict routine we're up to now. Oh, he's still a 15-year-old. Move on from 15 years old. I want to see him today. <laughs> She looks like a statue. Uh, 
yeah, they just will not give up on him at 15 years old no. with the ripped muscle look. Because they want you to sit there and keep clicking. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's exactly it. I'm just <laughs> inviting trouble, aren't I? World's strongest boy. Oh, God, that kid's put together. He might not even be alive anymore. You can't do that to a young body. It's a really bad idea. Well, especially if it takes us long to get to his adult picture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometime this month, huh? What do you think? He's got this, and he's not a bad-looking kid. He's a cute kid, but he gets these freakish smiles on his face. Like, <laughs> God, what the hell is that? Void rage. They're making me smile. Look at this. He's doing the splits on the ground with these massively muscular legs. Yeah, he's got like this little boy face yep. on a grown man's body. It's yeah, he does. not a good look. Get to the... <laughs> today! I want to be today. I want to see him today. Let's go. Oh, is that him today? Yeah, it's getting older. We didn't know that Richard uh, had no toys at home, Frank Giardina. Said in a 2003 interview, he had no bicycle, he had no skateboard, he was never allowed to go outside, he never went to the park. I could ask that question, I asked people this yesterday. JB, you're probably the only one in this room that's going to know what the answer is to this. What does an inner city kid get for Christmas? <laughs> hmm, you know? Inner, inner city kid wants Okay, what is it, Andy? <clears throat> what does an inner city kid get for Christmas? Someone else's bicycle. Your bike. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought that was one of the greatest jokes ever, because it's true. Mm -hmm. That's right. You find stolen bicycles all over the inner city. Mm -hmm. They'd just be abandoned, just left on the side <laughs> of the road, because I stole it so I could ride home, wouldn't have to walk, and uh, things are good. Yeah, they're, they're really milking this 15-year-old thing. Yeah, they are. Oh, this is nice. He, uh, His father gave him a, quote, strange powder. Yeah, of course he did. <clears throat> Wonder what that strange powder might be. Oh, spiraling you down. Don't, you can't get a body like that without steroids. Are you, you looking just, at him? You just can't. Oh, my God. His father's mentally ill just looking at him. Things uh, bat home. Things bad home, that's what it says here. Hmm. Also spinning out of control, Pavel was uh, beating up his family, punching and kicking them until they were bruised. In public, Richard continued to be celebrated as a mini bodybuilder. Until things took a turn for the worse. Things were really about to change. Okay, Cassie, here we go. Okay. Next page. Domestic issues, there's a shock. <laughs> oh, his dad's the biggest flaming prick on earth. <laughs> what a jerk. Uh, he, oh, people said he, he looked like a monster. They've still got him at 15 years old. This is his dad went spiraling down. Freedom at last. Oh, now he's older than that. Oh, and he's got like this 70s blowback hair. Is that his little sister, I hope? <laughs> Meanwhile, Lena was undergoing divorce proceedings to leave Pavel. It seemed like he was finally getting his life back to normal, but the world of bodybuilding and all that came with it wasn't just over yet for Richard. So he's much bigger now. See, overcame his childhood. Or, 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 holy God, that guy's big. Who is that? After the arrest, oh, somebody got arrested. Wait a minute. Richard Sandrak uh, was faced with huge challenges already from childhood, but persevered nonetheless. After his father's arrest, things began to normalize, and he gained interest in many other interests. I hate when they say that. He gained interest in many other <laughs> interests. C come on. It's, Which is it? <laughs> it's, like, it's like Deadpool said. It's just lazy writing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just lazy writing. I don't know who the hell that guy is in the picture with him, but that guy is gigantic. It looks like, is that a wrestler? Yeah, it is. It, the guy's definitely a wrestler. Oh, is that the big show? <clears throat> oh, it might be the big show. You yeah, might be right. Him. I don't know his real name. I just know him as the big no, show. The big, the show. big show. What is he, like seven feet tall? Yeah, he's huge. They claim he is, but I don't think he's actually, he's more like 6'10". Oh, well, only 6'10". There's no question about it. They're never going to show me a picture of this kid growing up. <laughs> no. They're just taunting me and torturing me. They're going to drag it out as much as possible. Because oh, you just earned that site mm -hmm. oh, so yeah, much money. Clicking through. Mm -hmm. Oh, here he's finally older. How old is he now? This is when Marco Garcia came into the picture. Lena hired him as Richard's live-in talent manager to ensure her their son's career didn't fade into oblivion. Yeah, because if it did, she'd have to get a job. <laughs> we can't have that. Garcia helped actualize Pavel's initial dream for a son to earn Richard a spot 
in show business. <laughs> Where in show business? <laughs> so again, he's being used as a freak. Yeah, he is by his this time by his, by his mother. mother. Right before it was his father, and then it was his mother. They cannot stop showing him at 15 years yeah. old, Cassie. Right, <laughs> I'm sorry, but. Oh, he's got Hollywood fame now. In 2009, Garcia produced Richard Sandrak's debut uh, film, Little Hercules in 3D, <laughs> starring Hulk Hogan and Judd Nelson. Hmm. So we can all sit around and just be uh, has-beens. That's good. <laughs> the movie's about 12-year-old Hercules called Little here, who leaves, Mr. Uh, he leaves Mount Olympus for Earth against his father Zeus's will when he descends into Burbank, California... He's in for a whole lot of adventure. Look at, oh my God, does he look terrible. Kristen is on the phone. Hulk Hogan looks just horrendous. Well, he's old. Well, I know, but I mean, good, my God, could you, could you just bring something back? Or I don't know what, I don't even know how to say it. What can I tell you? You know what I mean. Kristen, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing extremely well. I just got clickbaited to death here, Kristen. <laughs> uh, I'm suffering mightily because uh -oh. I, I kept clicking on this one thing, and I was like, oh, it's never going to change. It's just never going to get better. And I was right. It, it never did get better. So, Kristen. Um, by the yeah. way, I think you well, – who's there, there's an actress whose last name is Lawless, too. Lucy right? Lawless. Yeah. Oh, Lucy Lawless. That's she was right. Xena? Yep. The Princess Warrior. Warrior That's Princess. Right. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, Kristen, are you the Princess Warrior, too? Uh, of my household, I would say, yes. See, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing, as a matter of fact. Uh, at least I think, you know. I think it's a wonderful thing. Uh, in any case, so, we're here to talk about something, by the way, I couldn't agree with you more. I really couldn't. Uh, this whole, okay, that's good. This whole idea... Oh, I'm going to start eating this, and it's going to make everything. These what do you, what do you call it? Organic foods, or mm -hmm. is that what we're talking about here? You know, the people. It's people, part. It's part of it. So, what's the whole deal? Start, yeah. So, I was just going to say, start at the very so beginning. How, how did you get involved? Well, my book really looks at how the industrialization of the food supply has really affected the quality of the food. And then that, in turn, affects the quality of our health. But you did you mentioned organic, and the problem with the term organic now is that it's largely been co-opted by the food industry and used as a marketing tactic. And that's especially true when you're talking about processed foods, so the kinds of foods you see on grocery store shelves that are in packaging, and they often have a label claim like organic or natural. Right. But if you look closely at the ingredients, you'll see it, they're not much better than just the regular food on the store that doesn't have that kind of a label. Yeah, it makes total sense to me. Kristen Lawless, a book called Formerly Known as Food. Now, Kristen, where, where are you calling us from? I'm in Brooklyn, New York. You're in New York. Well, then I can ask you this question yeah. you can answer it honestly because, in my opinion, it is true that the state of Minnesota has done a lot of damage to to food, haven't they? I mean, with all the... The state of Minnesota? Yeah. Cargill, aren't they blamed for a lot of the, not, the right. uh, genetically right. mod What is it? Genetically modified organisms, right? Right. Cargill's one of the big players in the industrial food system. Right. And they have done a lot of damage when you're talking about the environment, especially. Yep. Um, but also we have to keep in mind that what we do to the environment, we also do to ourselves. So we pollute right. the environment with things like pesticides and herbicides and fungicides and all these really toxic chemicals we put out into the atmosphere, into the land, into the water that we drink, and we don't necessarily make the connection that that's going to come back to our bodies and harm us, but it does. I will tell you, Kristen, uh, my wife and I last summer uh, went on a cruise on a, on a big uh, river boat. It was a huge riverboat. We went on a cruise down the Mississippi River uh, from Minneapolis-St. Paul to St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I found out that day, uh, those several days, five days, I found out that Cargill pretty much owns the Mississippi River. It's unbelievable. Right, right. Every barge on there is a Cargill barge. Every, 
every granary, whatever there, it's all Cargill, all the way down the Mississippi River. I did not know that. Right. And it's, you, got, you, you totally nail it because it's not only Cargill, there's a hand, basically a handful of corporations that now control the food supply. And when you think about something as vital as food for our health and for our survival on the planet, we're letting these corporations control our food. And so in my book, I really detail for people, because I think most people don't realize, like, like you said, you didn't, you don't realize just how much of a, of a hand these corporations have in our food and then what it's doing to our health. And so I look at these the staggering rates of chronic disease across the board, even in children and, and even babies, we're seeing it now. Um, and that's largely because these big food conglomerates have altered the food to such a degree that much of it really no longer qualifies as food, and it's, it's making us all very sick. It doesn't even qualify as food anymore. That's not good news, Kristen. It's, <laughs> well, that's why it's, the book's called Formerly Known as Food. Right, right, because exactly. Because so much of the, the food has been changed so drastically, and I talk about, like I give the example of my grandmother, who was born in 1918, and the kind of food she told me that she ate growing up, and then she continued to eat through her life, and she lived to be 97 years old, and Ooh. she never fell sway to the marketing claims of big food. She kept eating just strictly whole foods, you know, just like eggs and, and chicken and steak and butter and good whole, whole wheat bread, you know, like actual food. She didn't just start jumping on the bandwagon like mo- many other Americans did and were convinced by these big food corporations that these were going to be better for you in some way. Right. When we, we now know, you know, they're not. Uh, I need to take a very quick break, and I mean very quick, Chris, and uh, you can hang with us, I hope. Sure, I'd love to. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan, and now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth, just like me at their free informational dinner on Monday, July 23rd at 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really fast. I've lost over 65 pounds at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth after being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that our weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutramost weight loss plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you, too. Call now to register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on July 23rd. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. I remember when my older brother came home from Vietnam and how proud I was to be seen with him in uniform. I'm a huge supporter of our military men and women and always have been. I've also got a soft spot for women and children. Lincoln said in his second inaugural speech that we should take care of the wounded and care for the widows and orphans. That's exactly what the Gold Star Ride Foundation does. This summer, the Gold Star Ride Foundation will travel across the country visiting Gold Star families on an ambitious adventure to help those families and remind them they are not forgotten. I made a commitment to help this organization just like Weston Choppers, Northlight Color, and Print Media Minnesota, and you should too. It's pretty easy to do. Just visit www.goldstarride.org and click the Donate button. Many of my listeners already have, and that's great, but let's not forget, we're all in this together. www.goldstarride.org. Today's a good day to do it. Be proud of our veterans and their families. Make a contribution today. Uh, Cassie's torturing me. She's playing my favorite band of all times. Beatles. favorite Beatles song. It's a great song. It's just so simple and fun. They buried the vocals, though. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm, I don't know if it's just... Phone the, connectors are yeah, weird that sometimes. But it's it only does weird. it with that song. It's Some, weird. It, it depends on how the song is mixed. It, it was probably mixed as like a 5.1. Probably yeah, because it's like a remastered album. Yeah. So I... Yeah. But I can't find the original original. Kristen Lawless, our special guest today, formerly known as Food. Kristen, I have a question for you, and you're going to go, how do you not know that? But it's true. You ready for the question? Okay. I'm ready. And I'm very serious. What is lard? It's pig fat. 
It's just oh. pig, pig fat? It's, yeah, it's pig fat. <laughs> yeah. It's just pig fat. So it's the rendered fat, you know, from, from mm. a pig. So well, I was just talking to JB, who's at the table here. He said it was a me- Mexican restaurant on the road. He works at the University of Minnesota with... Um, is it all women's sports now? No, it's not all women's sports. I just asked you a question. You don't have to turn on me. Uh, but he said he went to eat at a Mexican restaurant. And tell her the story, JB. Well, I was sitting there, and I was enjo- we were enjoying breakfast one morning, me and some uh, colleagues from other universities. And I looked up, and there was this, you know, those uh, popcorn tins that are shipped out during Christmas time. Well, there was this thing yeah. sitting up there about that size, and it was it said lard, and it had this uh, this picture of a happy pig on it. It's like, yeah, I remember those days of cooking everything in lard. Oh yeah, unbelievable. Right. Cheap so and it's high calorie. Lard, lard is a good whole food. Is it really? Actually, it's not yes, too much of it. Because so, <laughs> we've been eating lard just like we've been eating butter for a very long time, like thousands of years, because we, since we domesticated animals and started using animal products in our foods. But what happened was um, around the 1950s, we started replacing those traditional fats, actually a little earlier than that, like the 20s, we started replacing those traditional fats with vegetable oil, you know, Crisco. Mm-hmm. Crisco is um, basically a trans fat. You guys all have heard of trans fats, yep. I, I would imagine. Yes. Those are those. Those are like partially hydrogenated oils. They used to waste the food supply. They were. They were. We were told for since the fifties and sixties that they are better for you than butter or lard. Yeah. But it turns out they made a huge mistake about that. Trans fats cause heart disease. So we were told to eat them to prevent heart disease. But oops, actually they cause heart disease. So this is a great example of how we had traditionally used real whole foods. Then they told us to replace them with these these um, fake counterparts, those actually cause way more harm to us than the regular traditional food it did. Now, Kristen, when you do all your research, does it stun you what people will do for money? I mean, that, that whole transfer <laughs> thing was just a play for money. It's all it was. It was. It's right. I mean, it's totally true when you're talking about the food industry because I, I don't think it's shocking for people to think that their bottom line is just profit. They want to make money, so they're not concerned about your health. And in the book, I really detail and outline the ways in which they put their profits above your health and above the public health and ways in which we can start to take our food back, hopefully, because when we control the food supply, when we know where our food comes from, how it was grown, who made it, we have a lot more say in what, what it is and how it is, whether or not it's good for us. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. Again, what age were you when you first took up this task of, of studying our foods? And so how old were you when you became interested in that? The, I actually became interested in really young when I was like 15. Mm. I started thinking a lot about, I, I started getting really um, upset about thinking about animals and industrial farms and how they were treated. So that was right. sort of like my entry point because then I became like this hardcore, like 15-year-old vegetarian <laughs> It's like on a mission, you know? Um, And I I stayed a vegetarian for maybe about 10, 15 years. But then once I started really learning a lot more about nutrition and like the traditional foods we've always eaten and thinking about my own health, I realized that there is a place for animal foods in your diet. But it's very important that the animals are raised mainly on actual farms, not crammed into feedlots and treated terribly. And the quality of the meat or the egg or the milk is highly dependent on what the animal ate. And the animal is supposed to eat, in the case of a cow, is supposed to eat grass. And chicken are also supposed to roam around and eat grass and bugs and things. And that, those food, that, what the animal eats imparts nutrition into the product that you eat. So it's a big difference between eating industrial uh, cattle, you know, feedlot cattle, or one that was raised on pasture like we used to do for a very long time. You know, Kristen, I just thought of a many years ago, uh, a friend of mine, matter of fact, he lived in St. Louis. He invited me to his, uh, to his family's house, his mother and father's house. We're going to have a little dinner. And a uh, very wealthy family. They were, had a lot of dough. But we're sitting at the table. <clears throat> have you ever heard of Kundalini monks? Kund- yes. Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
we're sitting at the table, we're eating our dinner, and my friend Bobby's older brother was a Kundalini monk. And he came walking in and looked at the table and said, how can you people eat that flesh? And then walked out of the room. Right. <laughs> I just thought, well, I'm really comfortable now. That's great. Um, <laughs> right. Meat still is a great source of protein, but it, it depends on how that meat is raised, doesn't it? That's exactly right. It's a great source of protein and even fat, which, as I yep. describe in the book, fat is good for you when it's when it's raised pro- when it comes from an animal that was raised properly. Um, but yes, you're 100 percent right. You can't you know you can't just go. Unfortunately, the way things have changed in this country, you can't just go to your regular supermarket and get a piece of steak and be insured that the animal had a had a decent life, was treated humanely, and then. Was, is healthy. It was healthy when it was um, slaughtered, went to market, because in many cases they're not, and they're not eating the things they need to eat, and sometimes they're fed antibiotics and hormones, too, which makes uh, its way into the meat. Yeah, see that... I, again, I, people did that to make money. They don't care about you and me or our health or anything else. They just want to make more and more and more money. It's just disgusting. It is, and we are all paying the price for that. I mean, if you look at the, the, the types of chronic disease we're seeing now, I mean, six of the 10 leading causes of death in this country are directly related to diet. So things like cancer, heart disease, diabetes, kidney disease. These are all things we could prevent if we ate, if we ate well. The problem is most people, A, are confused about nutrition, which is partly the fault of the food industry that kind of obscures the real issues around food. And in, and then second, many people don't have access anymore to healthy, good whole foods, and cost is a huge issue for many people as well. So, like you said, I mean, we're kind of in a bind right now. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I just keep looking back at my life and and the things that the uh, the kind of food ups and downs throughout life. You know, radio people are not really normal. You do know that, right, Kristen? <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to learn that on all my radio shows. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose that's true. I uh, I worked many, many years ago, I worked at a radio station with this guy. And he decided that he was going to become a vegetarian. I said, okay, well, that's good. That's uh, good for you. You know, you're going to become a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And I walked in the next day and he was sitting at the console uh, on the radio station eating a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> and I said, Gary. Gary, I thought you were going to become a vegetarian. He says, I am. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I'm, chicken is not. It's, chicken's vegetarian. I said, veggie. Does that part mean anything to you, the V-E-G-E part? He thought the chicken was right. vegetarian because it wasn't beef or pork. Mm. It wasn't red meat, so right. to him, <laughs> that was vegetarian. So how, how often do people not right. know? They get into something and they don't know. They have no idea what they're supposed to do. Right. It's so it's such a, an important point, and that's you know one of the was one of the inspirations for writing the book because I worked as a nutrition consultant with doctors here in New York, and then I also did in California too. And what I learned was across the board, and didn't matter, you know, how much money you had or how little or your race or anything, nothing about your background, but just everyone is completely confused about what constitutes a healthy diet, and. Like I said, part of it is because the industry has led us astray by with all these confusing claims and labels and everything else. And, you know, they say they they always say, like, oh, everything in moderation. That's one of their famous (laughs) phrases. But no, it's not really true because, yeah, maybe everything in moderation if we just ate whole whole foods all the time. But since we're now eating all these chemically laden foods, then we really shouldn't be like you really shouldn't be eating those even in, in moderation. But your point is exactly right. People are completely confused, and that's why I wrote the book. I think the book makes very clear what's going on with the food, what you know, what it's doing to your health, and then what you can do about it. Well, haven't haven't they made it harder for people to get whole? As you're describing it, whole foods or healthy foods by raising the price of those, and then right, and then making it more affordable to buy the the overproduce of junk. Yeah, that's, that's, it's 100% right. So the convenience and the fast foods are very cheap. Um, you know, don't forget, and people are working longer for 
lower wages and then people don't have the time. So they're, you know, they're working so long, they don't have time to actually like go to the store, do all the shopping, come home, cook the meal, clean. I mean, that's a lot of work. And so that's why in the book I talk about how we need to start thinking more broadly about what we value as a society and, you know, do we value health and keeping our kids healthy and, and protecting our environment or do we just value like speed and efficiency mm-hmm. and, you know, have, being able to get cheap foods? I think we have this whole thing upside down and, and we're seeing what that's doing to our health. You know, it's amazing to me, Kristen, because I remember many, many years ago, a few decades ago, uh, the thought was it's all about calorie counts. That's what eating healthy is, is how many calories you take in and how many you burn every day. And it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. you eat as long as you don't exceed your calorie count. So in other words, they wanted to eat five Slim Jims for lunch. That really makes a lot of sense. That's a great idea. Right, and this is something I, I talk about in the book. That's a complete, that's again p- coming from the industry because they just want you to think, like, like if you think about it from a common sense perspective, if you go to McDonald's and get like a Big Mac and fries and a Coke and you, and you eat like, I don't know, say it's 700 calories or you cook a chicken at home and have some chicken and some broccoli and maybe some milk and that's 700 calories. Don't you think those two meals are going to have a huge difference in terms of your health? They're not. Oh, yeah. They're not exactly the same just because the calorie count is the same. Yeah. And this is, and, you know, and the science now on metabolism and endocrinology is teaching us that every food goes in your body. It react, you react differently to every food. It's not just a blank slate calorie. It depends on what the actual content of the food is. No, hundred percent correct. I, I, I am really glad. Uh, because I have a 31-year-old son and a 29-year-old daughter, and I'm very, very glad that people like you are doing all the... It's a lot of hard work, Kristen, isn't it? It is. I've been, I researched this book for about a decade and talked to uh, so many researchers and scientists, and I um, spent about five years writing it, and I got it all into this book, and I'm really hoping that it's going to help people. Well, I think it will help. I don't think there's any question it will help people. And I, I, that's, do you think people will ever get over that? I need to take the easy way out. I don't want to really watch my diet too closely because there's a lot of, there also is a lot of work in preparing meals that are, are really healthy and good for you. Yeah, no, it's true. And what I saw working with people is when people start to care is when they have a crisis, like a health crisis, Yeah. they go to the doctor and. And um, they say, oh, you know, you're pre-diabetic and, or, you know, you're showing signs of heart disease and you've got to change your diet. Um, that's when people start to care. But I've just, you know, let's try to make it so people, if you, this diet you eat, if you eat a healthy diet, that's the number one preventative thing you can do to stay healthy. So, like, let's not get to the point where you get to the doctor and they tell you you have this crisis. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. Kristen, you're a great guest. Thank you for your time today. Formerly known as Food, the name of the book, Kristen Lawless, L-A-W-L-E-S-S. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Kristen Lawless, ladies and gentlemen. See, I agree with her completely. That, And people do have that feeling. I could just, you know, as long as I keep it under 2,000 calories, I can eat whatever. No, you can't. She made me feel better about the way I've been eating the last couple of years. So well, you have a lot, of, a lot of lard. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of lard in there it was unbelievable. No, uh, Rendered beef fat, <laughs> unbelievable. I just stay away from trans fats, and that's yeah, that's yeah. A, a good that's idea. the big probably the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I use butter, and I you know, I don't I don't uh, use a lot of pre cooked meals. Like I take the hour to cook. Yeah, my food. Or I understand. Cook that. and eat my food or whatever. Fantastic. So. so pay attention to what the hell you're eating. Do you hear me? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Tom Bernard Show.